Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Angie V, who's a fitness fanatic herself and is here to share her Crohn's journey and how she balances life with IBD. Thank you so much for joining me today, Angie, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So in one of your posts, you describe Crohn's as a never-ending battle full of frequent ups and downs, and it sounds like you've had plenty. So why don't you go ahead and start by sharing your IBD journey and talk about how and when you were diagnosed. So I was diagnosed in December of 2017, Um, although I did have symptoms prior to that um, that were related to just some funny things that I had never had happen to me before. Um, I remember getting getting my job as a third grade teacher for the first time in in September of 2017, so that was three months before getting diagnosed. Um, It was a really exciting time for me. I was really excited to be a teacher. I had just moved in with my boyfriend at the time. So we were kind of starting our own journey at that time too. Um, And things seemed to be going well, but it was also a time of a lot of change for me. And I don't know if my body kind of knew how to balance these changes with um, just everyday life. You know, I hadn't moved out of my house ever before that. I lived with my parents in college. So that was kind of a huge step. And then becoming a teacher is a lot different than being an aide, which I was for the last uh, five years before teaching. Um, so th- there was a lot of changes that happened for me. And then my, my skin, I started having some really strange skin issues occurred in October of December of uh, October of 2017. And I had some weird psoriasis starting on my hands and psoriasis on my feet. And I had never had anything like that. It was, it was pretty appalling to see. And I was really confused, but fortunately I have, you know, a doctor in the family, a dermatologist. So, you know, she told me I have psoriasis. She gave me some, some creams to kind of um, help it out and a couple pills and nothing was really working. That was kind of the beginning of the actual physical things I started to notice about the inflammation in my body. Um, and then, um, you know, little, little by little, November rolled around. I started having some stomach issues. Um, and the next thing I know, you know, some really uncomfortable things were happening when I was in the bathroom. And I told my dad, who was actually a gastroenterologist, that I think I need to be scoped, you know. And, and his, his comments were always like, are you sure you didn't eat like beets or something? Or did you have tomatoes? Or because they didn't know why I was bleeding when I would use the bathroom. I'm like, no, no. I know that this is not, you know, normal. So, you know, I went in and uh, he scoped me, uh, you know, upper and lower and we figured out that it was Crohn's disease, which is something that is not very common in my family. So that was kind of the beginning of my journey. How wild is that, that your dad's a gastroenterologist, that you had that resource just right there immediately? It, yeah, it was a blessing. It's a blessing. I think that things like that, I mean, God, I believe, is there in a lot of ways. And I think that was one of them for me, for sure. 
Now, is he able to be your gastroenterologist? Can he see you as a patient or does he have to, does he kind of, obviously he's part of your journey because he's your dad, he'll always be there, but does he have to have someone else be your official gastroenterologist or how does that work? Oh, no, he's, he's my gastroenterologist. Um, although, you know, that first flare up that I had in December of 2017, you know, it really wasn't a bad one. I, I thought it was a bad one. Um, because I remember, you know, after having the psoriasis in October, December rolled around and then I started having the stomach issues and this unbelievable joint pain that came with it, um, with my knees where I could barely even walk at work. Um, I didn't know what was going on. And then when I got diagnosed, I still couldn't comprehend how a disease that relating to the gut and the stomach and the intestines and the, mm-hmm. and the GI tract could, could really affect your joints so much. Um, that was really difficult because I am into fitness a lot. And I had really, you know, that la- that year before getting diagnosed, I really got into lifting a lot and getting to the gym was really difficult. And, you know, it was, it was really mentally hard to kind of figure out like I need to rest right now mm-hmm. and to re- really say that to myself and believe it and actually follow through with it was, was starting to get really hard for me. Um, cause I really equate a lot of my happiness to going to the gym. I enjoy that. That's a big part of my life. So, um, that was, that was a really hard, you know, wake up call for me in December. Um, but the medication, I started taking a couple of different medications and they started working rather quickly. That wasn't the case, um, six months later in, uh, the summer of 2018, it, I had an absolute terrible flare up. Uh, I was hospitalized for about a month. So, you know, I thought what I thought was bad was nothing compared to what happened six months later. So what got you through the hospitalization? Did they have to switch medications? What was that process and journey like coming through that flare? So, um, yeah, it was another stressful time. I mean, I'm, I'm, I started to learn that Crohn's has a lot to do with stress. Um, you know, the boyfriend that I had moved in with we were not doing well and I decided that I really wanted to move back in with my parents. And so during the summer I was getting my things together and um, I was just, I was getting sicker and sicker and the fighting between us was getting worse and worse and it was really stressful. And um, so being in the hospital, what really helped me get through a lot of the pain and a lot of the physical, you know, disability that I had, I could, could barely get out of bed unless I was using the bathroom. Um, I really, use, I really, really, um, I have a really strong faith. Um, I have a really strong faith because I, I've gone through several things in my past that have made me really um, connected to a higher power, connected to spirituality. And it's something I practice every morning and every night. And um, that's what got me through as well as learning how much my friends and my family meant to me at that time. They were, they were really, really supportive. I remember, you know, moving back in with my mom and she would just, she was just there with me um, every night when I was, you know, hanging out in the bathroom every other hour, you know, Mm -hmm. she, she wasn't sleeping when I wasn't sleeping. And it was, um, it just was a big wake up call that I really have a great support system. I mean, I always knew it, but, when push comes to shove, I really felt like I could rely on my brother and my sister and my mom and my dad. Those are the, the, the four people that were really there for me 
Um, not to mention, you know, I, I come from a big Greek family. So I had my cousins coming over, bringing me flowers and mm-hmm. taking me to the, you know, doctor when I was getting blood work done. My, my cousin Jenna, she was there for me, my cousin Sophia and my cousin Alexandra. Um, they're more like sisters to me too. And obviously, you know, my sister and brother Sophia and Mark were, were a huge part of that too. Um, I, I just didn't know how much people would would have been there for were there for me. It was just um, it was amazing. It was it was the only thing that was getting me through was you know having them call me and check on me because I didn't know when the medication was going to start working. I mean, it took about four weeks for the meds that I start that I was taking to start to kind of you know work. It, it was just taking a long time, and I remember getting my, you know, FMLA paperwork together for work because I didn't think I could start my second year of teaching at that point because it was August and I had withered down to like 110 pounds and, you know, my comfortable weight is like 130 about, you know, so I had dropped 20 pounds in like a matter of like three weeks. It was very scary. It's real interesting because support network is so critical with this disease. And I hear it time and time again, just from all the different stories of, of what people share with me and just having that support network really just makes the difference. It's, it's incredible. And it's so good to hear that you had, you know, not just your immediate family, but it sounds like a lot of extended family as well um, that were checking on you and caring for you. Were you ever able to find remission after that, after that hospital stay? Did you ever find anything that helped get you into remission or what's that journey been like since then? Yeah, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a process. Obviously, you know, getting back into work, to be honest, I was really nervous to be at work and, you know, f- fearful of having more symptoms there and not feeling good and all that. But getting my mind off the disease a little bit and being at work really ended up helping me. Um, I was talking to another girl recently who has Crohn's and, uh, you know, I've met her through Instagram and she, she just got diagnosed. And I, and I told her, I go, think about how often you sit there and you think about having your disease. I mean, that's stressful in itself. And we don't even realize how much stress we put on ourselves by thinking about it every day. And I'm, I'm one of those people. I do that sometimes, but being at work and being able to kind of focus my energy elsewhere really helped me, um, helped me have less of a flare up. I really believe that. Um, you know, and I started to hang out with my girlfriends a little bit. Um, I remember going out a couple times in September, just trying to, um, you know, move forward with my life. You know, at that, at that point it was about the flare up, but I had also lost a partner. I moved back home after living with my, with my ex-boyfriend and being with him for about four years. So that was a big transition period of just trying to get back out there, have some fun with some friends, um, making sure that, you know, I'm doing my job and really trying to put my best foot forward there. Um, And the medication started working. And before I knew it, I was pretty much in full remission. I would say after I, I was pretty much in full remission by the end of September, beginning of October, I wasn't having any symptoms um, at that point. And I stayed pretty good up until, I would say up until, that was what, December of 2018. 2019 was a pretty good year overall for me with Crohn's. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any, any real issues um, that were anything close to what I had had. So I would definitely say that remission is possible and it can, it can happen pretty quickly. Um, I've also learned that the one thing that keeps me in remission is balance. Um, mm-hmm. when, I, when I tend to overdo my workouts or hyper-focus on my job or whatever it is, if I'm doing too much of it, 
Mm-hmm. That's my body says, no, I need to have a balanced, you know, um, life every day. Um, cause if I overdo something, stress my body out either with work or with, um, working out, it's usually going to end up causing me some sort of a Crohn's symptom to mm-hmm. develop. So balance, balance was a huge thing that, that I'm still working on and still trying to learn. Um, but I think that's, that's a really big way to stay in remission is to make sure you're having some balance in your life. Are you on medications now? Is that helping a part of part of your plan? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm on um, a couple of medications. I'm taking a Prezo right now. Um, <laughs> I take Imuran at night, um, and then Eucerus foam on occasion. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I'm actually in like a minor flare up, um, mm-hmm. which has been it's been tough, but it's it's not been nearly as bad as it has been in the past. Um, yeah, I think I think. You know, I don't know. I haven't figured out because I'm still pretty new at this. I was just diagnosed like almost three years ago. I'm still working on what foods I can eat and what foods Mm -hmm. I can't eat. I haven't really figured that out yet, but that's something that I'm trying to trial and error. I've I've been taking out a lot of dairy lately, so we'll see if that helps. But well, I've um, I'll tell you, I've had Crohn's officially since around 2006. I first had my first symptoms since 2002, so 18 years. And even today, I'm still figuring out what I can and can't eat. And it's it's a, you know it's a journey. It it always changes. And foods that I used to be able to tolerate, all of a sudden, there's no rhyme or reason. But it's like one day I just can't tolerate it anymore. And then foods that used to give me problems were okay. So it's, you know, it's not enough that you can just figure out what you're doing. It's, you know, Crohn's has to keep keep the game interesting, I guess. <laughs> I think it does. I think that's a huge, you know, I think that's huge. I think that it constantly for me is changing. You know, I'll eat something and be fine with it. And then I'll eat the same thing like a week later and I won't feel good at mm-hmm. all. Um, and when I say don't feel, when I say I don't feel good, I think, the other thing is, is like a lot of people don't have Crohn's and a lot of people don't know what, what I mean when I say I, I'm, I'm in pain after I'm done eating. I mean, yeah. you know, the pain can be as bad as like somebody like stabbing you. I mean, yeah. it really is a very intense pain. And I'm, I'm still kind of coming to terms with, you know, people viewing Crohn's. I'm, I'm still working on how people view Crohn's and I know I shouldn't care, but I know that there's a lot of people that see us being healthy because we look overall pretty healthy and mm-hmm. it's a big struggle. You know, um, I, I do post, you know, fitness, you know, photos and workout videos on Instagram. And then a couple days later, I'll post about Crohn's. And I wonder sometimes if people, I hope that people can understand that this is such a disease where it is so up and down from day to day where I can go have a great workout one day. And then the next day I literally am taking a three hour nap because I'm that tired. So it's, that's, that's one of the things that, that, um, that I'm working on is the way people view Crohn's. I want them to understand that it is so up and down. It really is. How have the people in your support network been able to view that? Are they understanding about that aspect of it? Because you're exactly right. It's such a hard thing to explain to people how you can be vibrant and happy and, you know, quote unquote, healthy one day. And then the next day, you just feel like you've been hit by a truck or you feel like you've been shot in the gut. Are your, are your friends, are your close people supportive and kind of understanding that? My close friends and my family are, I battle more with coworkers at work Mm -hmm. and, you know, just people at work, I think, because, you know, they'll ask me how I'm feeling. And, you know, for the most part, I usually am feeling pretty good, but then I'll take like a couple days off, let's say, you know, what last year, because I wasn't feeling good, but 
I, I think it's, that's a part of me that I just have to understand. I have to understand that I know and trust myself to know when I'm not feeling well enough to keep going. And it really shouldn't matter how other people are viewing that. Um, because it's, it is, it is up and down. And I think that my parents and my brother and my sister, they know because they saw me so bad at one point yeah. that they understand that, that they don't want to ever see me in that position again. So if I'm saying I'm not feeling good and I know that it's joint pain related to Crohn's or if it's stomach pain related to Crohn's, they're like, go take a nap. Do not go to the gym. Like take five days off. Like they'll, they're even, they push it to the extreme of that. So like, <laughs> They, because they've seen the outcome of, of the disease before. And I think if you don't know anybody personally, like a fam family member that you live with or a significant other that has it, it's really hard to understand the disease. Um, behind closed doors, it's so different, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially because the disease is not something that most people will talk about at the water cooler. Like we don't normally discuss bowel movements and intestinal pain. So it's it's especially in the workplace, I think it's hard because people will ask, how are you doing today? And it's more of a courtesy as opposed to a let's stop and really ask how you're doing. It's like, oh, I'm fine. Let's keep going. <laughs> so yeah, I think exactly. that adds to it. Um, so tell me more about fitness. You said you're still trying to find the balance of how how to balance everything in your life, which which is tough to do, but you are just a complete fitness fanatic absolutely incredible from all your posts in the gym it's fun to watch you and it's impressive and incredible so how do you balance that especially when with ibd a lot of us will struggle with fatigue is that something that you've had to navigate through and and how do you manage and kind of what do you do to help keep yourself pursuing those passions but working to find that balance to where you can rest and and find that happy middle ground yeah, so I tend to give myself at least one or two days off from lifting during the week. Um, and um, those days, I, I need those days. I used to not have to take more than one day off. I usually take two now. Um, I also, um, I think the other thing that's really been helping me is making sure that I'm getting enough sleep, um, going to bed at a good time for myself, and waking up. Um, if I wake up in the morning and I do anything, I only do body weight exercises in the morning or I run. So that's nothing related to lifting anything heavy ever in the morning. Mm -hmm. I like getting going in the morning in some way with, with an exercise, but I don't ever do any lifting in the morning now. I, I solely do HIIT or like cardio. And that, that's been working really well for me. I feel like, you know, regardless of the fact that I am in a flare-up right now, I think my flare-up has more to do with work stress than it does with my exercising. Um, but I think also at night, I come home from work, I'll do a little bit of work, and I tend to take a nap. Napping is huge for me. Um, I do take about an hour nap after work, and I joke around with a friend of mine. Um, her husband has ulcerative colitis, and she's like, yeah, he's always taking naps in the middle of the day. And I'm like, I take a nap every day after work, and I have to, and then I feel ready to go to the gym at like five or six o'clock. Um, so, you know, that's, it's a nice routine that I have for myself. And I think the other thing that truly has been really helpful is, is my boyfriend. Um, you know, I met somebody back um, in 2018, October of 2018, a couple months after my flare up, that huge one when I was in the hospital. And he was a, he's a godsend. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, you know, I swear I've, I've gone through some pretty, pretty bad relationships in the past before him. And he, him being there for me and, you know, I'll come home from the gym and he's got dinner going. He's got, you know, he's cleaned up the house. He's helped, 
you know, taking the dog out, like his support has made me be able to go and do things I like to do. And and we both help each other. So Mm -hmm. the fact that I have a, a person in my life that is helping me and I help him it's made it so that I can get my workouts in at night. Um, mm-hmm. It's made it so that I can continue to, to do the things I like to do. So that's been a really big way that I've, I've been able to continue to do my workouts and my fitness. Um, you know, I also just, I don't ever overwork. Um, I tend to focus on one or two muscle groups every time I work out. So I'm not doing total body workouts constantly and sweating a ton. I just focus on biceps and triceps one day. And then the next day I'll just focus on legs. Um, I find that for my body, that's not as stressful as a total body, you know, YouTube video would be. So finding, you know, that kind of a workout that works for me for the most part. Yeah, that's fantastic. It sounds like you've really found ways to work with your body as opposed to against it and being able to incorporate a nap and knowing that, hey, if I nap, then that means I can go to the gym later and and working with your body to do those things. Now, from looking through, uh, following you and reading your posts, it sounds like you used to be pretty big into running, but you made a shift from kind of focusing on running to really doing weightlifting. What was kind of the what prompted you to do that? And have you noticed a difference with your health or being able to manage that? Have you noticed any changes in doing so? Yeah. So I was a huge runner, um, probably about from like 2010 to like maybe 2015 or 16. I started mm-hmm. doing some more lifting after that. Um, I, I used to just run. Um, I, you know, I used to be a basketball player in high school and um, I played varsity and then I went to college and I wanted to stay in shape. So I started running and, um, that worked. I was, you know, on the thinner side and that was my goal. I just wanted to be thin. (laughs) That was like, that was the goal. (laughs) So, um, I wanted to be thin. I didn't want to gain any weight while I was in college. And I just committed myself to doing a lot of, you know, three to five mile runs every morning was like kind of my thing. Um, I just felt like I didn't really I started to feel like I didn't like that I didn't look as muscular as I wanted to. And I knew I had been reading articles that if you want to gain muscle, um, you have to start lifting weights. And then there was the fear of, oh, am I going to look too manly if I lift, you know, weights or whatever. Um, I find that if, even if you're lifting pretty heavy, it is so hard to look like a guy <laughs> if you're lifting heavy. It's really hard. You have to be lifting like super heavy weights. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that fear went away after a while, especially after I started noticing new curves that I liked and, you know, muscular arms and, you know, legs that felt toned and that actually worked for me. Like my runs improved because I was lifting. So Um, I also had to make the shift away from running because I had knee surgery about 15 years ago when I was an eighth grader and my knees are shot. I just felt like I could not continue doing the run. So I had to find other forms of, of working out that, um, that worked for me. And it was, it was really difficult to like not run every day and to start lifting. But when I, once I committed to it and I started seeing some pretty good results, I was just like, oh, great. I don't have to run. My knees aren't hurting me anymore. And I feel like I look a little more muscular. I mean, I did put on some weight too, but I felt like I looked better, you know, and I, and I felt better. I felt like I, I felt like I had, you know, a better physique at that point. Um, plus my body was doing so much more, you know, I was able to do like push-ups that I could never do. I was able to do, um, different things that I had never been able to do before, you know, and, and my yoga started to improve because I was getting stronger. And that was the other thing, like running wasn't 
helping me improve yoga. If anything, I was becoming more tighter whenever I would run. Um, my body, my ligaments would become tighter after I'd run. So, um, you know, doing some lifting and then stretching after my workouts, after my lifts, it actually helped my yoga improve too. That's fantastic. Now, do you have any plans to do any competitions like fitness competitions or figure competitions? Because you look like you're ready to, <laughs> but I didn't know I, if that no, was something I, you've tried yet. I don't think I would ever do that. My, I've talked to my boyfriend about it. I have a girlfriend um, that I'm pretty close with who's done them before. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, she's thinking about doing one. And, you know, I, I don't know. For me, knowing my body it has an autoimmune disease. I don't think I would want to stress it out to the point of, you know, you have to dehydrate your body towards mm-hmm. the end of, uh, of getting ready for that and all that. I've, I've heard about it. And oh, I'll, all that says to me is like in big flashing lights, like flare up. Like yeah. for me, I just yeah. can't, that's what I would think. So, you know, although I feel like that's great I, and I, you know, commend a lot of people that do those, I would love to do it, but I just don't think it'd be right for me. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to put my body through that. And I love that you say that because I love that you recognize like what is best for me and what is best for my health and what where are the limits? Like what are the boundaries I want to draw and what do I want to put into place to know that this is what I'm going to do to stay healthy and to stay at the best that I can. So I commend you. I think that's fantastic. So you, you do, it sounds like you still do a little bit of running, uh, definitely into lifting. You mentioned yoga. What, how do all those kind of tie together and, and what does a week look like for you as you kind of build out your fitness for the week? Oh, it's very day by day um, because Crohn's is day by day. Yeah. I found that I can't really plan my workouts um, the way that I used to be able to. I, st- I still tend to try and stick to um, doing legs on Sundays because I feel like a Sunday is a day where I'm not at work and I can really focus on legs and legs is just, I think that's an important muscle group that you burn a lot of calories and you're at the gym for a little longer. So I do that on Sundays. Um, you know, I usually on Mondays I'll do, um, biceps or triceps Tuesdays. I'll hit like shoulders or chest Wednesdays is usually my day off. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday I'll do glutes and hamstrings. And then Friday, we go either, it depends on like what muscle group I feel like I didn't work out that much that week. Um, Back is usually Saturdays for me. So I have it kind of mapped out, but if I miss a day, I miss a day. Like I am not committed to, I have to go every single day and and miss on Wednesdays. Um, I really listen to like, if I'm not feeling good for that day, like I'll take a Tuesday off instead of Mm -hmm. a Wednesday or something like that. Um, So yeah, I mean, I can't really plan my workouts out. Um, I also, I started using... um, I've, I've been trying different things with like, you know, watching people on Instagram and on YouTube and just reading different articles. So when I go to the gym, I already have like a set five or six exercises that I'm going to do for triceps in my mind for that mm-hmm. day. Um, so it's just kind of recall from the past of things I used to do. Uh, that's kind of how I plan my workouts. Now, do you think do you think your fitness and having a good workout program, do you think that's helped with your IBD and keeping that in remission? Yeah. I mean, I think to an extent it does help. Um, obviously I'm working out's good for, for everybody. Um, I'm the type of person where I still have trouble with taking things to the next level of like, I don't know when to stop. Like being at the gym sometimes I could be there for an hour to two hours and an hour is great. Two hours is too much, but I'll still find myself, staying there and doing things because I don't feel bad at the time, mm-hmm. but then the next day I might feel, I might feel a little bad. So I still struggle with that. Um, I still, I don't think it, I don't think me working out 
tends to cause flare-ups, I think I don't know when to stop sometimes, and that's mm -hmm. what causes the flare-up. Um, because I that feel good sense. during the workout, you know? Makes sense. So tell me a little bit about the supplements that you use, because I know you have, as part of your uh, stories on Instagram, you've got quite a few posted that you use. Do you use them because they help with um, keeping your health overall, managing Crohn's, or is it just more of some supplements that help you day-to-day -day feeling your best? Yeah, um, I've been, I, I take a multi, I mean, I take a bunch of different stuff, but I take a multivitamin, collagen. Um, I was doing bone broth protein when I was sick for the first time in December of 2017, when I was uh, diagnosed, mm -hmm. I started doing bone broth smoothies. Uh, that said, that seemed to have actually really helped. Uh, the taste is all right, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't do it a lot. But um, when I am in a flare up, I do still have some um, in the house here if I do need it. Um, apple cider vinegar, you know, sometimes in my drink to kind of, uh, di I dilute it with water. Um, I think that for me, I've, I really stay away from a lot of that pre-workout stuff and um, amino acids and all that BCAAs. I used to do that before mm -hmm. I got diagnosed, but I'm, I'm a little convinced that taking all that before I worked out kind of did something because I remember when I started taking those, um, you know, amino acids and pre-workout and I remember like having to use the bathroom right away, like mm -hmm. right after taking it. And I don't know if it did something, but ever since I, I started taking that, that was the summer of 2017 when I started taking the, the pre-workout and I got diagnosed six months later. I don't know if there's a correlation, but in my opinion, I felt like there could have been. Mm -hmm. So I don't take any of that stuff before I work out. It's all, everything I do before I work out is, is just protein. I'll have a little protein before I work out, maybe a little protein shake. Um, mm -hmm. And I use, I use plant protein. I also don't like to use um, whey. I find that whey does make me feel really kind of bloated. Mm -hmm. So um, I, use, I use a lot of plant protein. Um, and I'm not really opposed to doing like, like the bone broth of the meat protein. That's fine too. Uh, I just find that whey is not good for me. I think even people without gut issues uh, have pr problems with whey protein. So when you do have gut yeah. issues, you know, you take a product that normal people struggle with, with bloating and just digestive upset, you know, you take a product like that and give it to someone who already has digestive problems and it's, it's just not a yeah. good combination. <laughs> so yeah, look, it's not at all. So looking back on your journey, it's been a, a three-year journey for you so far, it sounds like. What do you think has been the biggest challenge that you faced uh, since having Crohn's? Um, I think the biggest challenge that I faced since having this disease is realizing that I have to listen to my body and not my head. And that's hard. And uh, I think I've touched on that a lot today. But the fact that I mentally am ready to go, ready to work, ready to go do things and be active, but my body isn't, is something that's, that's probably the most challenging thing for me. Um, because I'm an active person and, uh, I like to, I like to go to work and work hard. And sometimes I just feel like I can't do my best because I'm physically not feeling my best. So mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, mentally also after hearing I got diagnosed, I had to, I had a mini freak out like that first week of like, Oh my God, I'm going to have surgery. I'm going to need like a bag. Cause I started reading about all of this stuff. And I mean, maybe that's going to happen. I don't know, but I re I was realizing that. I wasn't focused on the present moment. So something that really helps me when I am 
dealing with some fear of, you know, IBD getting worse or Crohn's developing Mm -hmm. into a worse case again, I start to, I start to, you know, take a step back and ask myself a few questions. Am I okay right now? The answer is yes, I'm okay right now, you know, and I kind of talk myself through that. And then also I start to list things that I'm grateful for. Um, Mm -hmm. Every night I say, I have a gratitude list that I go through and um, a prayer, kind of a prayer ritual I like to do. And it helps put me at ease at night. Um, That's a really good way for me to kind of get myself feeling better um, and not freak out because sometimes I can freak out about having this disease. I mean, it's an, it's a very scary disease, you know? Um, But I feel like those things have really helped. Uh, Having God in my life is, is really been a big help for me. And um, the belief that I'm okay and that God is always with me has helped me get through those really difficult times when my body doesn't want to do things and my mind's telling me you can do it. Um, you know, knowing that, that God doesn't judge me for, um, having this disease and either does my family and everybody loves me just the same, no matter if I have it or not, you know, that's, that's been a big way for me to kind of feel better about having the disease. I think that's an excellent mindset and excellent advice just for everyone who's listening. And you'd mentioned that we touched on it a lot just in our conversation about listening to your body and learning to know that I can stop now. It's okay. I need to rest, but really listening to yourself. And and I think that's something that a lot of us with IBD struggle with constantly, you know, no matter how long we've had the disease, because it seems like a lot of people I've spoken to, a lot of us were very, you know, type A personalities. We make a plan, we go do it, we're go-getters. And it's like, I have to abide by, you know, this plan I set in place. And and it's hard for us to to stop and say, all right, that plan's out the window. I need to adjust and I need to do something different. And so I think it is important, even though we touched on it a lot, I think it's really important to just know that you have to listen to your body and that's going to make a huge difference. And just and having that mindset, like you were talking about, just the mindset and uh, whether it's a spiritual belief or just uh, a faith in something, I think makes a big difference. So excellent advice. So you've been sharing your Crohn's journey on your Instagram. What prompted you to to start sharing this journey and documenting it and really becoming an advocate for IBD? Um. So it was, uh, well, in, in August and July of 2018, when I was really sick, I, I didn't tell many people about it the first six months of having Crohn's. It wasn't until the summer when I had the big flare up and I was in the hospital. I, I was like, you know, this, other people probably have this and other people are probably dealing with things that are worse or the same or whatever. Um, and I felt like, you know, I was very vocal on Instagram about my fitness and my workouts, and that just stopped like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sure there were some people that were kind of wondering why, maybe not like a bunch of people, but I have a couple of people that follow me that follow my workouts and have asked me for advice. And I felt like I needed to, you know, let people know that I need to take a break and this is why. And also just to advocate for other people that have the disease. Um, you know, it was it was difficult because I was in pretty good shape up until I had that flare up. And then, like I said, I lost 20 pounds in like a month. And I was like, okay, how am I going to explain this on my post when I look like a frail, you know, twig here, mm-hmm. you know, after, after having had, you know, gained some, some good muscle over the summer. 
So I just was, I, my first post was, you know, back in a, around that, I would say September, I think. And I got so much love and so much support from people after I posted about it. Um, and I had other people message me saying, you know, I have this, I think I'm having issues. Like, how do you know? Like, what did you do? And so like, I just, I think the more you talk about things that people don't want to talk about, mm-hmm. I think people start to, to applaud you for that and being brave and also just being a voice for people that have it is, I think that's important because a lot of people are afraid to do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I really am not afraid of, you know, what people would think about Crohn's and because I know it's an embarrassing type of disease, you know, given the fact of, you know, the issues that we have, but mm-hmm. I, it's not something you can control. And, you know, just like cancer isn't something you can control. It's not something to be embarrassed about having. Um, and we have to deal with it. So I, why not, you know, share with the world ways that are working for me and ways that are not, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that way maybe somebody can benefit from that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that's my, one of my biggest prayers at night when I do pray and I say, you know, I'll tell God, you know, if this disease is meant for me to have, you know, not be in remission right now, please allow me to use it for something good. And look, you, you messaged me and you contacted me and now we're having a conversation where other people might be able mm-hmm. to hear something they need to hear, you know? So uh, I think everything happens for a reason. You know, obviously I hate having the disease, but if it brings some good out of it, that's great. I think that's a wonderful perspective and just an amazing outlook. Do you think being an advocate has shaped the way you view Crohn's disease and IBD in general? Um, I think that it's changed my view of a lot of things. Um, It's changed my, it's changed my view of people that have even just addiction issues. Like that's Mm -hmm. something that isn't in their control, you know, just like Crohn's isn't um, something that's in my control. People that are, you know, alcoholic or addicted to drugs or whatever it might be. I mean, with people like that get a lot of judgment passed on them. And I think that it's, it's, you know, who are we to judge other people? We don't know who, what they're going through and what got them to that point. And, um, you know, I don't know why I have this disease. And so I don't expect people to judge me just like I wouldn't judge them. So it's, it's allowed me to become kinder and more um, compassionate, empathetic for what people are dealing with um, in their day-to-day lives. You know, even people at my, you know, even people I know that used to say like, I have a headache I used to think to myself, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm like, wow, like that person must have like a bad migraine. Like, because who am I to say like how bad their pain is, you know? Yep, I agree completely. So we've covered a lot today. We've touched on a lot of different topics and areas about Crohn's and IBD. Is there anything that we didn't cover or talk about that you want to share with the people who are listening? Um, Just that if, you know, if you're listening and you do have Crohn's disease, you can get into a remission and have a comfortable life. I, even though I've only had it for three years, I would say like 75 to 80% of the time, my life feels pretty, pretty close to normal. Um, You know, when I am in a flare up and I am having issues, there is a way to get out of it. And a lot of it has to do with just listening to your body, relaxing, um, de-stressing, doing things that are good for you. Um, But there is a way out and it's not something that, and it's not something that I feel like people should always look at as, oh, that's got to be difficult all the time. Um, there's ways out of this and there's ways to manage it properly. So I just hope that people can, can understand that it's not a disease that is debilitating constantly. It's a disease that we can progress from and get mm-hmm. better with. Great words of advice. So before we leave, do you want to tell people where they can find you and follow you on Instagram? Yeah, so my Instagram name is Angie, A-N-G-I-E, period, M, 
period, V-E-E, Angie M-V. Perfect. Well, I'm going to put it in the show notes so that people will be able to find it and follow you easily. You have shared a lot of great advice and for for having it, you know, Crohn's disease for just three years, that's still a long time, but you have so much wisdom that you've already gained from it and your perspective is amazing and people have so much to learn from you even though you're at the very beginning of your journey. So I thank you for sharing that today and I thank you for visiting with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I'm just really grateful that you asked me to to speak and um, I hope that somebody gets something really good out of it. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn'sFitnessFood or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.Crohn'sFitnessFood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.